You have one unheard message. Hi, I was calling Current, the influencer marketing platform, but I think I just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast. Well, anyways, I was calling Current because I was told they could help get my brand set up on TikTok Shop and even build out an affiliate program of content creators promoting my brand and even have those content creators go on live streams and promote my product there. Wow, I could really use Current. I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech. When you visit Arizona, time is measured in moments, not minutes. Like the moment your work stress disappears as you kayak through the canyons. Or the moment you discover the life-changing effects of prickly pear chocolate. But nothing beats the moment you see the Grand Canyon for the very first time. Visit a new state of mind. Learn more at hereyouareaz.com. Sowing the seeds of cannabis and sounding the praise of our favorite plants, it's time to hempresent. Our radio resident hempo-sapien Vivian McPeak will present a weekly platform for guests and listeners to hempresent about hemp and cannabis from the legal, activist, and reformist route. Let's round up and roll it up for our headmaster of hemp, Vivian McPeak. To the Hemp Present Resistance, the weekly radio podcast where you can get your PhD in THC because you don't just want to burn it, you want to learn it. Seeking to defeat the alternative facts of prohibition one interview at a time and advocating for the plant, the whole plant, and nothing but the plant. Join me for a weekly reefer radio rebellion against prohibition as I speak with some of the principal risk takers, movers, and shakers, and history makers of the cannabis industry, culture, and reform movement. I'm your host, Vivian McPeak. I am the executive director of the world's largest annual cannabis policy reform event, the Seattle Hemp Fest. In its 27th year, found at HempFest.org. I'm also the author of the book Protestable, a 20-year retrospective of Seattle HempFest from AHA Publishing, also found at HempFest.org. Today's guest on HempPresent is cannabis activist and entrepreneur Chris Morwood, who is already on the line. I live and work here in Seattle, Washington, which in 2012 was one of the first two states in the U.S. to legalize, tax, and regulate cannabis in defiance of federal law. Just up the street from where I am doing this show today, there are brick and mortar retail cannabis stores. You walk in, show your ID to prove that you're 21 years of age, and walk up to the counter where a bud tender greets you, asking what it is you are looking for. On the walls, from top to bottom, are racks on the floor display cases all brimming with various selections of dried manicured cannabis there are also hundreds of tubes filled with free rolled joints and small containers of various forms of cannabis extracts including dabs oil shatter and so forth and in that sense life is good but it's become so routine now to drive by these pot shops more pot shops in some cities than 7-Eleven stores that it's already become hard for many young people to recall a time when cannabis was an illicit black market contraband here. I've worked 30 years to see this kind of change, and full disclosure, I'm still highly dissatisfied. There is a cannabis complacency that has evolved within many folks in these, quote, legal states. There's a sense that cannabis is legal here, so the struggle is over. Well, 
I call bullshit. Even though we have made historic advances and have celebrated game-changing victories, it is time for us all to learn to multitask and continue to struggle for reform and to advocate for Americans while still languishing in jails and prisons. While we simultaneously work to build and develop a global cannabis industry, that industry must be based upon a foundation of social and racial equity, environmental sustainability and health awareness, and other ethical and responsible business practices, which brings me to my guest today. Chris Morwood is the co-author of Hannah Hemp and Cali Cannabis. Ms. Morwood's background includes work in standards development for the cannabis and hemp industries, community relations and charitable donations, and board service for numerous nonprofits. As a consumer, she is an advocate for responsible consumption, legalizing medical or adult use in emerging markets, and fostering best practices of corporate social responsibility. And Shazam, she's with me right this minute. Welcome, Chris, to Cannabis Radio. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here. Thanks for having me. My pleasure. Let's just start off with asking how and when you were initially introduced to cannabis. Well, I was in middle school and I had my best friend had an older sibling who had some cannabis. I was 14. I was also a Mormon and I was painfully shy. Um, I found that it made me a little more outgoing and I also found it to be a safer alternative to alcohol. Alcoholism runs in my family. My father was an alcoholic. My sister is an alcoholic. So I didn't want to go down that path. So uh, that was my introduction. I just have to say that other than the Mormon part, that is just strikingly similar <laughs> to my entire story, including a friend in middle school and my dad being an alcoholic. So that's, uh, of course, you know, I'm, we're from the same generation, so I shouldn't be real surprised. Um, you are an organizational management consultant, and in your bio, you cite proficiency in the development, marketing, promotion, and management of campaigns that blend corporate responsibility, public relations, and profitability in equal emphasis. What would corporate responsibility translate to in regard to the cannabis industry? What best practices, uh, in your mind, would be specifically pertinent to business entities involved in the cannabis industry? Well, there are no best practices per se, and we are still working on standards for the industry. Um, corporate social responsibility is uh, boiled down, it is doing well by doing good. Um, a public relations campaign, which is about the only thing that cannabis companies are allowed to do, is tout the wonderful things that they are doing for the world. Um, we don't hear in the media all the positives about the cannabis industry um, in Colorado, just like in Seattle and up in uh, Oregon and Washington. We were one of the first, we were the first to legalize on an adult use basis. So the job growth, the fact that we have 2.4% unemployment, um, we have organizations that are donating products, um, financial support in volunteer hours. Uh, we have a booming tourism industry. Our real estate industry is through the roof. So um, those are the positives. As far as the profitability part of it, obviously many of those things are great. However, cannabis is not for everyone, and we're not requesting that everybody use cannabis. We're just simply hoping that um, we have some of the same privileges that the other industries like big pharma, big tobacco, alcohol are afforded. So um, since they can't advertise, um, occasionally, you know, they've been successful in being able to sponsor events. 
But for the most part, they are shut out of advertising altogether. Which is true in my state. Um, you also cite developing a social investment network to connect those interested in furthering education on the responsible consumption of cannabis and the benefits of hemp-derived products. What is a social investment network? Uh, a social investment network is basically working together to expand opportunities. It's community relations. It's strengthening neighborhoods and improving quality of life um, by providing access to capital, to possibly employing some of the people that live in those neighborhoods. In Colorado, we are required to grow indoors, which means we have squeezed into areas um, that are not as diverse uh, as they should be. And those residents are feeling the squeeze in their real estate, in their rental prices. Um, and additionally, um, it's quite unjust in the fact that a lot of these people are disqualified from working in the industry um, because they may have a prior record due to cannabis. And so with a social investment network, it's going into the community um, by creating uh, strategic partners by participating in community initiative efforts, um, and that includes, you know, education, recreation, um, health, and food access. Um, it's just building those bridges and developing good partnerships. So, you know, in a way, it's it's engaging and communicating with stakeholders in the community, uh, so you can balance their interests with the business interests. Right? Is that accurate? Yep. Absolutely. And there are some great firms here in Colorado that do just that. Um, there's there, some people donate their time and project, you know, for projects. Some do employee contributions. But there's this little rule in the IRS tax code for cannabis-specific businesses. And what that is is that's 280E, which forbids right. businesses from de yep, deducting any ordinary business expenses. And so, unfortunately, a lot of times people will not be um, akin to accepting help from cannabis businesses as well as, you know, different nonprofits that uh, they try and, and donate to. Um, and that's unfortunate because a oil and gas company can donate $25,000 to a children's hospital fundraiser Yet, because of lack of banking in the cannabis industry, Children's Hospital could not accept a cash donation that smelled like cannabis from a cannabis company. And so there's a real fear of those nonprofits losing their status. Um, and so also the, the communities um, that are doing good work in these areas, you know, may feel that it doesn't align with their organizational goals. So it's, it's, while a lot of community organizations would love to be able to be helped by the cannabis taxes or by cannabis participation from the industry, some of them don't allow it. I just want to state for the record for everyone listening that I actually can accept a cash donation that smells like cannabis. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, and, and of course, 280E forcing these businesses to deal in cash results in them, number one, being very vulnerable to, uh, uh, to crime, to being robbed, right? Uh, yeah. And, 
and of course it, it also invites uh, corruption and, and money laundering and stuff like that uh, but but more importantly uh, it means that the government is receiving sometimes up to twice as much taxes from these businesses as they would from any other businesses is that, is that right absolutely um, in Colorado we have a 15 percent excise tax on um, on it goes to building schools so it's uh, the first 40 million dollars um, it's a capital fund. Anything over than that goes into the public school fund. There's a 2.9% sales tax on retail cannabis. There's a 2.9% sales tax on medical cannabis. And then there's a 10% special fund, marijuana cash fund, that um, about 85% of that goes to the Department of Ag, the Department of Education, the governor's special fund. And a lot of that treatment, get this, not for cannabis-related addictions, but for opiate addiction, for, for methamphetamine, for pharmaceutical addictions. So it's interesting that the state receives a great deal of cash from um, the industry in marijuana taxes. We approved Amendment 64. Um, and so a lot of these businesses are almost paying up to 70% of their, their income and they're not able to write any of this off, and yet they're paying exorbitant amounts of taxes. And uh, it's just, it's not fair. It needs to be um, regulated like alcohol. You are the author of Hannah Hemp and Callie and Friends, a parenting and family educational resource about responsible cannabis use in the history of hemp. What can you tell us about that project? Why children's books about hemp and cannabis? Well, after legalization in Colorado, um, we voted it in in 2012, and we, uh, we implemented it in 2014. I had been working for about a year in the cannabis sector, and I approached a friend of mine who had worked um, in the school systems, and she and I both have adult children, and we were kind of lamenting about the fact that there was a lack of credible or factual information about cannabis. And um, we had uh, encountered an illustrator that we really liked, and we decided to write a little narrative about cannabis, basically a one-on-one information that is at an easy-to-digest level. Um, we followed that book up, and we just came out at the beginning of this year, in 2018, with Hannah Hemp. And Hannah Hemp describes the differences between cannabis and hemp. It describes that it's the same plant. It's just a different part of the genome species. It's just a different level of THC. And it, uh, it just needs to be basic information because we have been misinformed for so many years. And the Just Say No campaign did not work, obviously, for my generation or even this generation, and we have to be honest with kids. And I've found that the best way, regardless of how painful it is, is if you're honest with your kids, they'll open up to you. And I've had a great dialogue with both of my children, um, and I feel that giving people resources, whether we need to start at the youngest of the generations and or we also need to start at the oldest of the generations because Many of those people within that spectrum, there are so many broad uses on a medical basis for cannabis 
um, that we want to make sure that we're informing people of correct facts. Uh, and there just was no information out there. We're lucky that schools and universities um, and institutes of higher education are just coming online. But, you know, doctors that are treating us in this day and age have never studied the endocannabinoid system. And it's mind-boggling that we have to go back down to the most basic of information just to tell people what the plant is and what uses there are for it. My guest is Chris Morwood. We're going to take that pause for the cause because there's flaws and laws. Pay the bills. Come right back with our second segment. Time to roll out for the people that let us hemp present. Hang loose. We're coming right back. Oh, let the marijuana llama tell you something now. About a game for your phone, gonna make you say, wow. The game's about the game of growing cannabis for cash. Grow the seeds, sell the bud, put the savings in the stash. Little by little, your empire grows large. Put the big celebrities inside your entourage. You can choose to play with Snoop or me or Chich and Chong. Cypress Hill, Willie Nelson, Wiz Khalifa with a bong. The name of the game is Hemping, that's the point. Download and play while you light yourself a joint. Business of cannabis should be no crime. Hemp Inc. is even hot proved by the man who run high times. Oh yeah, get it on Android and I and iOS today. Marijuana Llama out. Got to tend to me on crops, you know. Money don't make itself. Hemp Inc. At Alternative Vibes, our core values of quality, loyalty, respect, and honesty guides us in our mission to help families find peace and harmony through our products and services. Whether you are looking for a more natural way of living, shopping for essential oils, topicals, and edibles, or searching for a path towards achieving your goals, we are your choice. Learn more about our complete line of natural products and solutions at AlternativeVibes.com. Bringing quality of living to life. AlternativeVibes.com. Cannabis concentrates have been around for thousands of years. In 19th century America, extracts mixed with other herbs were sold as a miracle cure. Now, Apex Supercritical has elevated the science of extraction into the 21st century. Apex Supercritical is the leader in CO2 extraction, which is the cleanest, safest, and purest way to extract plant oils. ROI in as little as three weeks. Our cost-effective systems are fully automated with an industry-leading three-year warranty. And if we don't have your system in stock, we can build one in as little as four weeks. Bringing CO2 extraction to the masses. Learn more at apeksupercritical.com. Four-week build excludes high production systems. Strainwise Consulting is the most sought-after consulting company for cannabis business applications and management contracts. We consulted on the first recreational license in the world and have had an over 95% success rate on applications submitted. The industry is growing at such an exponential rate that building a powerful and lasting cannabis business is a number one priority. Here's Strainwise's Sean Eubanks. In our first five years, we branded and supported nine medical and recreational marijuana dispensaries and approximately 160,000 square feet of sophisticated and efficient product cultivation. Strainwise Consulting has the experience and expertise to guide you through the process. We're back to Hemp Present, only on Cannabis Radio. Now, back to our headstrong emperor of hemp, Vivian McPeak. And we are back on Hemp Present with Chris Morwood. Chris, you've been involved in producing cannabis-related events in Colorado uh, a legal cannabis state. I've been hearing about cannabis events having some difficulty getting permits in its state capital of Denver, which is 
oh, I'd say highly counterintuitive. Do you have any thoughts on what the issues might be that are behind these permitting obstacles? You know, I have quite a few thoughts <laughs> on it. <laughs> Why am I uh, surprised? I all day. <laughs> um, however, it's, it's very interesting. Um, there was just a segment done recently last week on that uh, there's only one club since legalization in 2014. Um, we uh, just, they just granted in February the first licensed social consumption club. Um, which is a coffee shop that you can go to the place next door, purchase edibles, purchase non-smokable um, material, go next door and consume it. But there is a fee um, and there are a lot of stipulations. And so even though they opened the, the doors supposedly for social consumption um, and they're curious as to why they are not getting any applications, the application process is so stringent here, um, and it is almost counterintuitive um, in the in the fact that you know you go to any restaurant, any bar, which are located on every street corner of the city. You um, you I the segment the other day said, well, you know, does this mean that people are going to be driving when they're high when they leave this cannabis club? It's no more ludicrous to ask that question of people leaving a tailgate party from a Broncos game. It's no well, why, more ludicrous why is there to a ask parking, that question. Why is there a parking lot at a bar? Absolutely, absolutely. And, and so what's happened on that front, so there is no place to consume it. Um, there, uh, just over the weekend, a tour operating company that has been operating legally within the licensed infrastructure here in Colorado um, had a sting operation conducted upon it, um, and they ticketed 31 tourists on these buses, which it says in the, in the Colorado state government website says that a limousine service, if it allows it, it's acceptable for that limousine company, for people in the back of the limousine, which these buses are, to consume. And so they cited everyone on the bus, which number one is detrimental and yeah, I was going to say it's got to be it's got to be great for business, for the huh? industry. Oh yeah, and and that you can't do it in a hotel, and you can't do it in a rental car, and you can't do it in a public place, or public and housing. So um, no, or, in public or housing, homeless. not in a rental. Yep, a rental facility, and so also it's very difficult to secure a venue which will have cannabis on site. And so their, their quote-unquote solution was to park these 420-friendly buses outside of the, the clubs or the location. So you would have to leave the location, go outside, sit on a bus, consume your cannabis, and go back inside. And so if we did that in any other industry, people would scratch their heads and look at you and say, that, that's insane. But it still makes cannabis consumers, even though they can legally purchase up to an ounce um, and carry paraphernalia with them, it still makes them criminals because there's still nowhere to do it. So over a six-month period of looking for a venue for an event that I've been anxious to work upon, and it's an education festival. It is 
it's not possible with our current climate and our current people that are in office. So I'm thinking we're going to have to wait till November. We have some great candidates that are, are coming up um, that are cannabis friendly. And I'm hoping that someone will see the benefits of not just the industry, but also the fact that we're going to lose a lot of business. We're going to lose a lot of tourists. We're going to lose a lot of workers. People moved here in droves because of cannabis legalization. And yet they're still treating people like common criminals when they're trying to consume a product that is much safer for the general population. A product that they're very happy to accept the tax revenue from. Absolutely. <laughs> Why you know, not? You know, but, Chris, uh, w w when we legalized here, uh, I had over 20 years of work uh, as an activist. I thought the whole time I was working for legalization. Uh, now, the semantics of it all, I don't really like the word legalization because I don't like what has been marketed to me as legalization. I've switched to using the word equality. I want equality with alcohol and tobacco uh, users. I want to be able to do the things that they can do with two, by the way, carcinogenic, proven carcinogenic substances, both highly addictive in, in our society, both causing tremendous amount of suffering and damage to our society, yet they have all these freedoms that we don't for the herb and they don't and they don't have the tax structure that we do and they don't have the childproof packaging the the rules that they've imposed on cannabis here in colorado it is ludicrous the amount of plastic waste we are creating by yeah. requiring this benign product which unless it is decarboxylated or heated cannot can't even get you high harm it cannot harm you and no one has ever overdosed on either of these products because of the fact that we have an endocannabinoid system, and it is like a key that fits into a lock. It's a receptor. Our body, our regulatory system, our breathing system, all of those still continue to function when you have cannabis in your system, when you have alcohol or drugs, and that is the number one thing that is facing our youth today. It is not a gateway drug. These, these kids that are going off to college or going to parties are overdosing on prescription medication. They are studying on Ritalin or Adderall that they are, they are purchasing from their classmates. And they are drinking 21 shots at 21, which their body shuts down. And so we haven't done enough to educate not just children and not just teens and not just the elderly but the legislators and the lawmakers that are actually making these rules and and those are the people that we really need to get on board um voting is so important i'm so glad that you guys are doing voter registration at hempfest i just i cannot you know explain how important that is to get people at a legislative level that are educated about cannabis and educated about the benefits of the agricultural properties of hemp and all the wonderful benefits. But if the people that are in office that are making these rules for us aren't giving the same situation from a tax benefit, from a consumption standpoint to cannabis, we're still criminals. And you're right. It is not legalization. It is a form of still controlled 
It's commodification is what so I call I'm, it, or commoditization. Yep, absolutely. Yep. You know, you mentioned something very important, and that is if you if you if you you eat raw cannabis buds, you can't get high off of them. You got to heat cannabis to activate the THC because it's THCA until it's been decarboxylated. Yet we got to have childproof containers and lock boxes and all this stuff. Uh, and the crazy thing is, if a kid eats a pack of cigarettes, it could kill him. If a kid drank a quart of whiskey, it'll kill him. A baby, a young infant, or a child, uh, it could kill them. And that's just more of the endless hem- hypocrisy. Uh, there, we did it again. I did it again. There you uh, go. <laughs> <laughs> it's only temporary because we're raising the temperature. Uh, but it's just you know, it's this criminal hem- criminal hypocrisy, which is basically everything prohibition. But we're working on it, girl. We're working, aren't we? We are, and 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 it's and it is. It's a blessing to live in a state that it is legal. It's great to go to states that are, you know, also have some form of adult use. But also, we're to the point where the education process, instead of overpackaging it and putting these you know, THC labels on things. Last time I checked, dogs and children that are under seven can't read red THC on a product, that we as consumers need to be responsible for what we bring into our homes. And so that's something that, yes, maybe we are growing up in a a society that has a few more benefits, but it's like anything else. If you bring it into your home, make sure it's put away safely. And explain to your children, don't tell them that, you know, it's something that it's not. You have to be honest with your children. They can understand not to touch a hot stove, not to talk to strangers, not to cross the street, and not to touch something that's meant for adult use. And other than medical purposes for for children that, that, you know, are under medical care. And so, you know, even in different states, when I go to different states in, in Nevada, I was in Nevada doing work. And after legalization, before legalization, a ticket on the strip for public consumption was zero. Now a public consumption ticket in Las Vegas, Nevada is $680. And well, Las, so, Las Vegas, well, where I believe, at least when, when I was living there, you could walk around with an open container of alcohol on the street was no problem. And you still can and you can still do there many other things that are considered illegal in the rest of the country. But again, it, this, we're talking about cannabis, which is a federally illegal substance still. So on a federal level, whether it's state by state, they can still come in and treat it as a Schedule One substance, and, which is until that goes away, until it is descheduled, not rescheduled, but descheduled, we cannot move forward in taking the criminal aspect out of it and and making it a safe, consumable, consistent product. So so we're making progress, and I thank you for all you guys are doing. I'm so excited to – I love HempFest. It's one of my favorite events, and I'm definitely trying to come back this year. Oh, that's awesome. My guest is Chris Morewood. We're going to take our second – pause for the cause and come back with our final questions so don't go anywhere time to roll out for the people that let us hem present hang loose we're coming right back 
Are you ready to be inspired and educated by the best of the best in the cannabis industry while enjoying sunny South Florida? Then you cannot miss out on the first annual United States Cannabis Conference and Expo, August 24th to the 26th inside the Hyatt Regency in downtown Miami. The USCC Expo welcomes all cannabis business professionals, medical cannabis caregivers and clinicians, growers and dispensary owners to join us for this brand new event sponsored by the radio podcast leader for all things cannabis, CannabisRadio.com. Be one of the first to register today at USCCExpo.com. That's USCCExpo.com. Introducing Blue Moon CBD, straight from the bluegrass of Kentucky. With our special nano emulsion process, you'll not only get the best CBD available, you'll get more of it. Not all CBD is the same. It's your body. It's your choice. Get relief from inflammation, anxiety, and stress. Go to www.bluemoonhemp.com and use code HEMP420 for a 20% discount on your order. Balance your body. Balance your life. Make it Blue Moon CBD. The next generation of vaporizers has arrived. Vuber vaporizers are blazing the way with unparalleled technology for oil, concentrate, or dry flower pens. Providing unsurpassed customer service and expert craftsmanship, Vuber vaporizers use cutting-edge technology, providing a power-packed, smoother vapor with a lifetime guarantee. Experience vaporizing the way it was meant to be, the Vuber way. We're back to Hemp Present, only on Cannabis Radio. Now, back to our headstrong emperor of hemp, Vivian McPeak. And we're back on Hemp Present for the final segment with Chris Morwood. Chris, you've been quoted as saying, in order to be a rule breaker or a rule maker, one must understand the rules. What did you mean by that? And how can people find out more and follow your exploits? Well... I believe that when you're talking about roles, we're talking about roles. Everybody needs to obviously obey the laws of the, the state, the county, the city that you live in. But I, for example, am in Colorado. I can drive across five counties, and the legal statute of cannabis and hemp in those counties is different in every single one. And so, therefore we all are going to have to step up to the plate. We're all going to have to get out there and decide which rules are going to work for us. We're all going to have to talk to people at a basic level, whether it's the teacher at your child's school, whether it's the legislators that are making the rules for us, whether it's your pastor, whether it's your doctor, people need to be educated on this subject. That's why we wrote the books for Callie and Friends. We believe strongly in education on all levels, we believe in collaborating with strategic partners, and I also believe strongly in getting at the, the basis with education. Um, I work with the Cannabis Nurses Network. They do educational forums, continuing education credits for nurses, which also has the ability to take those nurses back out into the community and spread that knowledge. So I will be attending lots of different events this year. I'm producing several events. And uh, we're going to be writing a couple more books. We're uh, dealing with the um, diversity and stigma issues and normalizing the conversation. So look for our next books that are coming out. And you can follow my exploits at Kelly and Friends. 
And we're also going to try and be at HempFest again this year. So thank you so much for your time, Vivian. I, I cherish everything that you guys are doing. I really appreciate your time and, and letting me come on your show. I had a blast. So thanks so much. Well, Chris Morwood, I, you're awesome, and I love your work, and uh, it was great uh, burning some rope with you recently and hanging out. Thank you so much for being on Hemp Present, and uh, we will certainly be looking for you at HempFest. Wonderful. Thanks so much. All right. Hempy Trails. Now I want to get to a weekly feature, Hemp Present on CannabisRadio.com. That's the quote of the week, and here it is. As the novelty wears off, then visiting a dispensary won't be such a first-time experience for people, right? Our classic tour has been this grow and dispensary combination, but I think the way we stay relevant is we also add a lot of fun and educational activities that people can do that pair cannabis with other things. That's my 420 Tours marketing director, Cynthia Ord. That concludes this installment of Him Present on Cannabis Radio. I want to thank Brasco, my man in the control room, and all the Cannabis Radio sponsors and advertisers. Join me next week for some more reefer repartee and cannabis confabulation with some special hempo sapien on our journey to justice. As we silence the violence, increase the peace, and promote unity in the cannabis community with impunity. Because when it comes to prohibition, you've got the right not to remain silent. Activism requires a voice. Find yours and speak up for justice because resistance is fertile. Until then, my friends, stay strong, stand tall, toke it easy. Don't forget to email me at hempresent at gmail.com. The Hempresent theme song, Take Back the Plants, performed by Sticker Bush and sung by a much younger version of myself. Turn up the music, maestro. I'm out. Freedom Fighter! The opinions expressed on this CannabisRadio.com program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff and management of CannabisRadio.com. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without proper consent of CannabisRadio.com is prohibited. When you visit Arizona, time is measured in moments, not minutes. Like the moment your work stress disappears as you kayak through the canyons. Or the moment you discover the life-changing effects of prickly pear chocolate. But nothing beats the moment you see the Grand Canyon for the very first time. Visit a new state of mind. Learn more at hereyouareaz.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.